Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to episode 52 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. This week, we will be talking about recent updates to our home brewery. Very exciting. As well as highlighting some local craftsmen and a product review. So kind of another mix pack here, James. Yeah, I think we like these mix packs. You know, it's you get a little bit of everything. So for those viewers out there that are into craft beer and also into home brewing, I think uh, we can have the best of both worlds. A little mix pack, yeah. Exactly. First, we just wanted to address some of the events that have been happening and going on in the craft beer industry. In the past couple of weeks, you may have all seen in the news some of the sexual harassment and abuse allegations that have come out. I know locally, one of the female employees of Notch up in Salem kind of brought this to light with her Instagram account and just asking other women in the industry to come forward with some of the incidents that happened to them. And this individual has made it very clear that Notch is not involved these did not happen at their brewery, but she's just been a great advocate for those who work in the craft beer industry, whether it be a tap room or the brewery itself. Some of the experiences they've had with being sexually harassed or assaulted on the job. And this is something I feel like, you know, the Me Too movement came about, but the craft beer industry didn't really, you know, come out in that instance. So I think that this is just a very important time to remind everyone to, you know, treat everyone with respect, whether you are a man or woman whatever you identify as, and that it's not appropriate to to demean or, you know, treat anybody less than you would want to be treated, especially in the place that they work. So we just want to put our support behind those women who have experienced these instances. And I will say that the craft breweries that have come out and spoken or, you know, addressed this have been very supportive. I know a lot of them have really changed up their leadership because of this and recognized that they had to make some changes. So I'm glad that those um, are taking place, but we won't, you know, that's really all we'll say about it. We don't get too in depth about it because we have not personally had these experiences, but just wanted to put our support behind those ladies out there and any men in, in the industry as well. Cause you know, there's, it's not just women, the majority are women, but I'm sure there's also men out there that are having experiences that are similar. So just wanted to put our support out there and remind everyone to treat you, everyone with respect. And you know, it's just, we want to keep the crapper industry a pleasant place for everyone. Just keep it, keep it cool. Keep it kind. You know, even the Brewers Association has made, made a three segment uh, webinar on, oh, yes, yes. on harassment, which is, is great that they're mm-hmm. doing that to shed awareness. And so people kind of have their voice as well. You know, hopefully, you know, things get better and everyone can work together to make it uh, a community. And be the inclusive community we know it can be. So are you going to, is this the, the most exciting news first, James? You're really just leading with the news. I mean, yeah. I mean, like the home brewery has been upgraded. So. Woohoo. We updated the electrical back when we moved into this house in anticipation for my big switch going from your standard 110 volt brewing system, all electric, to a 220 volt electric system. Goodbye, 110. Hello, 220. You're double the fun. Double the fun, (laughs) double the madness, double the home brewing fun. Yeah, so I've been actually having my eye on this system for years, as you're well aware, Shannon, and mm-hmm. I even when I started taking a job in the craft beer industry, working at a brewery in a tap room, I took that job solely in addition to my other job, not only for the fun of pouring craft beer to new people, mm-hmm. 
but also so I could save up some money and uh, go big and go home. And you did. And I did. You went big and you went home. I did. <laughs> uh, not So people were saying, like, how big are you going to go? How big are you going to go? And I'm like, well, you know, I only want to go big enough where I'm not drinking myself into a stupor because no one else is drinking it, thinking that all my beer <laughs> tastes like shit, but it does not. Like, it does is not. It, you say that like a surprise. I mean, You're again, I set, the bar, I set the bar super low, so anything above the bar mm-hmm. is, I don't know, great. I went with the SS Brewtech 20-gallon 3V all-electric system, and this is a three-kettle system, which means you have your hot liquor tank, mm-hmm. your boil kettle, and then your mash tun. It is like a mini brewery now down there. Yeah, and it also came with a 14-gallon uni tank, which I'm super excited about because that one I think I'm going to use to its fullest extent. I'm going to be brewing under pressure. I'm going to be using a spunding valve to you know dial in those carbonations and stuff just in the tank itself versus my 7-gallon one. I was kind of mm-hmm. using not, not to the fullest extent, but... You know, it really wasn't worth it for me to try and, you know, pressurize it and do the full extent. So I think I was just before using carbonating in that, but I wasn't using a spunding valve or anything like that. So I'm super excited about it. It sounds like we're really going to have to childproof this basement brewery in the future. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it's always good if you're having a home brewery to make sure that if you have little ones running around or even your friends that you know, could always pop a valve open and there goes your, if you have a one barrel system, there goes a barrel of beer, not only that, but also safety wise, you want to make sure that anything under pressure, um, Mm -hmm. you're very mindful. I've seen pictures of people blowing caps through ceilings and it's very dangerous. So you got to be very aware with the equipment that you get. And on that note too, like, I just want to say, like, I've been monitoring a lot of the homebrewing forums for different pieces of equipment, whether that's Spike or SS Brewtech. And I'm just always amazed at, you know, how helpful people are to each other for people who have questions about their system or they're new to brewing. But I also want to say those trolls out there, like, don't be a (laughs) dick when someone's like, I'm a beginner and I got a uni tank, like a one barrel uni tank, like I'm getting into brewing. Like, don't be a dick. Just answer their question if you have that knowledge. And if you don't, like, just F off. Like, just Just leave leave them alone. Like, if they want to spend that kind of money on, like, the best, greatest, you know, thing to all means to them, as long as, like, you answer their question so they can do it properly and do it safely. Like, We'll go back to the old adage, which is, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, excitement. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting to be able to do not only you know, the five gallon batches, which I still intend to keep it five gallon batches to start because they are 10 gallon. Uh, You know, I could do 10 gallons, I could do 15 gallons, but I want to keep it, you know, the minimum to start just so I get use of the system, get used to it. A lot of other parts I got with it. I got the three SS Brewtech brew cubes, which I think are great. Again, like it's a little learning curve on putting things together, but I mean, and you could figure it out if you got some time and you just work through it. And then I'm excited to hopefully get the tree valve manifold whenever that comes back mm-hmm. on their website. And You're another, watching it like a hawk. Watching it like a hawk. <laughs> I'm on the email list because that's like the final piece to being able to brew how I want with my uh, plate chiller as well I got. Mm-hmm. Yep. Going all full bore, full bore on this one, guys. So I'm really excited for that. So my next brew day video will look totally different. I'm excited for that. 
I'm also either going to do a condenser lid or figure out some moisture protection on our basement uh, ceiling so yep. it's not exposed insulation for those who are concerned. Who are very concerned. We were concerned as well, but you know, we'll figure it out. Well, I'm excited, James, to see what you're going to cook up down there. It's like a mad laboratory. Yeah, and I, I think it's great. Oh, I got a new paddle, too, because, you oh, know, yeah. my, if you guys watched our uh, brew our challenge. Our friends over at Fenrir Brewing uh, convinced you to get a new paddle, didn't they? Yeah, they convinced me away from stainless, actually, uh, to a wooden paddle. I was concerned about it being wood and using it. <laughs> I mean, what do we use to cook a pasta and things with? Wooden spoons. I guess. I'm just, like, in the biotech industry, like, stainless is always the way to go. It's like, most sanitary. It's most sanitary, like... like you don't want no, to non porous non porous exactly but yeah i mean like i'm i'm going for it i mean it's got a hop on the end so yeah, it's I, fancy. that sold me so it's I was like, okay. so fancy form and function right well speaking of breweries because i'm excited about our home brewery but also in our area the covid regulations have been lifted and Woo-hoo. while we are well we are fully vaccinated but while we are still being safe we did go out to a brewery but before we talk about that, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you see, like you're like before, yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. So before we talk about where we went, just wanted to ask you, James. You know, what do you think about the regulations being lifted? Is there anything that you are hoping that breweries will keep? Do you think it's gonna how it's gonna impact the breweries? Like, what are your what are your general thoughts on this year and a half long wait to return? to normal operations well number one i'm excited i'm ecstatic for not only the breweries but the restaurants and all those business owners that have had such a tough time trying to keep you know their businesses afloat during this time but i think it's now getting to the point especially for massachusetts a good amount of our you know state's population is fully vaccinated mm-hmm. i think it's again your own personal preference on whether you think it's safe for you to go out or not but being fully vaccinated ourselves i think it's it's great to be able to be in person at the craft breweries again and mm-hmm. support them in person versus before which is one of the things i hope stays is the expansion of outdoor areas at craft breweries i think a lot of them that was their plan and intention mm-hmm. before this anyway, but there was just so many roadblocks, whether it was with the town or the states or permitting that they weren't able to do it. But because of the pandemic and the situation, they were able to have those spaces opened up, which is amazing mm-hmm. because who doesn't want outdoor space? And I think it just livens up, you know, the brewing experience even more. Well, especially for the summertime, it's going to be great because, you know, one of the big questions is, will people go back, you know? everyone's waiting to find out and not just in the in the brewing industry but everywhere they're waiting to see you know what their returning customer base is going to look like so I think having the outdoor space is really going to help with the summer months to get people back in feeling more comfortable because you're still outdoors but you can be maskless and until we get into those fall and winter months at least here in New England where you have to be inside so I think it'll be a good chance for breweries to show people you know hey we're still here we're still going and you can come have fun and get back to the way things used to be. Yeah, I think too, like the having food at breweries is always a great idea. Yeah. And if you're going to go to a brewery, if they don't have food there themselves, it, just make sure you bring something for yourselves because that well, way you can enjoy yourselves longer. Yeah. You can, you know, you're not going to, as a brewery standpoint, like you're going to get your customers that will 
have more beers mm-hmm. respectfully. You know, it's just a way of, you know, enjoying that experience as well. And it's opening up the doors to so many new places. Well, this is not on my list, but I now that we're talking about it, I want this to stay. But a lot of breweries weren't, or not a lot, but there were some breweries that weren't, didn't have food and didn't have food trucks coming. But because, at least because of Massachusetts regulations, you had to sell food with your alcohol. So you couldn't just go in and get beer. Like you had to have food of some kind. So I hope that breweries who didn't have food before like or have the food food trucks coming in really stick with that because it was always nice. It was nice to not have to question like, oh, will there be food? Because usually we have to look up like, oh, they don't have food on site. Okay, now we got to bring our own food or get something delivered when we get there. So I hope that a lot of these places stick with the food offerings they've they've gotten, especially because a lot of them seem to have partnered partnered with local like mom and pop restaurants. Yeah, exactly. And having them come and do like pop up tents or pop-up food trucks or you know you can get a discount if you order from them because they're down the next block or something like that so i hope that those relationships are still there because i just think it really boosts the local economy and builds those relationships and i know you have this down on your list on the one thing don't look at my list cheap but it was actually something that i was also going to pick up on but to the point of having reservations Mm -hmm. and being able to book in advance and have your Mm -hmm. party and know that But part of that that I want to touch on is like the emergence of these igloos that they have (laughs) at different breweries, which is the coolest thing because it gives that if you want, you know, your environment to be just open to everybody, but you want to have your small group of friends like Mm -hmm. where you can have certain like conversations or if you have kids like and you don't want to be those people that people are like staring at you and like yelling or whatever now that i see that like we have our own daughter now like (laughs) i'm like you know what like we are considerate of other people so if she's screaming her head off we're not going to just be like let's go into the brewery and let's you know let's take up the brewing space swift exit (laughs) it's like these igloos that were not only outside but they were just isolated enough where like you could have Mm -hmm. that almost privacy where like it's consideration for other patrons as well, Mm -hmm. but you're still being able to support your craft brewery, but also watch your kids. I mean, come on people. Like it's same things apply. Yeah. And reservations I hope stay because I'm a planner and I really like to know if I'm going to have to wait a certain amount of time or if it's going to be packed, I want to know that I can just show up and have a table ready for me. You mean you don't want to just have that excitement of like, oh man, this place is packed. All right, let's let's find the no, next greatest No, because it's anxiety thing. inducing, James. For those who know anxiety. what I'm talking about, anxiety. walking into a packed brewery and then having to stalk someone because they look like they might be leaving soon and having to like stand oh, behind the sta- their oh chair my God. Yeah, the people and stand fight people. for things. Like that's the not The people who fun. just awkwardly stare at you and stand there at your table and like almost put their junk on your table because... You're just like, yeah, because they're like, oh, you guys got the check. Like, let me just invade your space. Or like if you're at a table, like a picnic table or something, someone's like, oh, let me just kind of sit at the other end of this until you guys leave. And it's like, well, I mean, we didn't want to rush out the door, but I, now I feel like we have to. So I think it's just anxiety inducing. Yeah, I think beer delivery, too, that. is a great thing that I think should be expanded and should stay. So if breweries have mm-hmm. the capability of either hiring companies to deliver to your front door or just the curbside pickup. I love that like service. And the main thing I want to say is I think that people tipped a lot more generously than they normally would when Mm -hmm. they go to a brewery. Um, And that's like typically like I like to do at least a dollar per every beer that I order. And then if I don't do that way through cash, then at the end in my cart, I will do at least 25% Mm -hmm. as a stand as a standard. If it's 
exceptional service like i'll go be above and beyond that to which point shannon's like what are you doing that's more than what our bill was it's like well yeah these people like they were awesome like they Get it knew from the craft dad. beer yeah exactly um but i hope that stays where people are still generous and go out and they want to have a good time mm -hmm. don't go out if you know you're going to be miserable like just stay home i think that's a rule for anything in life <laughs> but I, I think that's what i like to say like i saw less people from like the i mean again the one time we were able to go to a craft brewery like since we were fully vaccinated like the difference that we saw in just mm -hmm. overall or even just curbside pickup when people were picking up their cans to go like tipping generously like i guess it's the false like i guess in restaurants people are like oh you don't tip on alcohol it's like you know breweries oh you, i just tip like, on the whole bill no exa exactly <laughs> but see like that's what i said too like but that's a thing like people are like well i got you know like a i got 20 dollars worth in alcohol like our table did like i'm not tipping on that anyway that's my okay. being in the james is being uh, in the industry tell him why you're mad james. tell him why you're mad just tip on the whole bill folks like come on yeah is there anything else you wish would stay the collaborations across breweries which i think's always been a thing but i think experimenting and just working together with your other local community breweries. I think I've seen so many more collaborations the mm -hmm. last probably three or four months than I think I've seen in the last two years combined. Yep. Other than, you know, your your Pink Boots event, your, you know, those events that kind of promote, you know, collaborations mm -hmm. for good causes. I think just doing it on their own, I think it's so much better because I think they all bonded together and all the founders and breweries of these small breweries realize like you have to stay with your community and like you're all kind of in the same boat and let's work mm -hmm. together and make something unique and great. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we did go to a brewery without any COVID restrictions. It was exciting. We went to Knockabout, which is in Mashpee, Massachusetts. So it is down uh, on the Cape. And we had been there a couple times before the pandemic, and it was just so nice to see some friendly faces. Uh, we saw the owner, Peter, while we were there, and it was just great to, you know, sit, hang out. But it was good. So we had some, well, I had one of my old favorites, which surprising to everyone who's listening who has heard me talk about what beers I like and don't like. But this trip, I only had IPAs, and... <gasps> I know. Uh, and one of my favorites, I, I feel like one of my favorite beers of all time, which is, I feel like I'm a closeted IPA lover or something like that. <laughs> I told you, I knew you would. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you'd come to the dark side. But I had Dunes of the Cape, which was when we got there, James ordered that for me right away. And it is a pina colada milkshake IPA. And it is delicious. It it sounds exactly like it should. This beer, she would not stop talking about before, you know, when she had it last year or the, no, it was no, two it was years like ago. It was like almost three years ago. Almost three years ago. Yeah. It was like two years, almost two years ago. And yeah. so I was like, if I do not order this for her, like, because she's like, do they have it? Do they have it? Yeah. So I had that, which was obviously delicious. And then I also had two other milkshake IPAs because there was a lot of milkshake IPAs on the menu this time. And I had I feel like there always is at, yeah, at Knockabout and Mashpee. Mm -hmm. uh, so I also had the Cape Creamsicle, which was very citrusy. It, I mean, this one, basically all three of these: the Cape Creamsicle, the Dunes of the Cape, which is the Pina Colada, and then also I had the Key Lime Pie Milkshake IPA. All three of those literally taste exactly like they're supposed to. 
if you have the key lime pie milkshake IPA, it is, it tastes like a key lime pie, but it has like that, like a little bit of a tart, that tart you get from the key limes and you like the consistency of the beer because of the lactose, like makes you feel like you're eating a key lime pie. Which thought, sounds gross, but it's not. I thought you were going to say like you're floating in a key lime pie. No, but it's just like because it has that slight thickness, it is like the consistency almost of key lime pie. Yeah, the consistency. Yeah, the lactose yeah. in it will give it that like mm-hmm. thicker, like, yeah. like a milkshake consistency. And, the, yeah. and it, I think it's because they're all kind of creamy, right? So like coladas yep. are creamy, key lime pie is creamy, sour cream's cool. So those all just tasted exactly like you would picture them tasting and they were all delicious. Yeah. And I am really highly recommended for going down the Cape... Sh- Shannon had more IPAs out. at this brewery than I did. Yeah. And that I had I had their salmon fruit milkshake one, which not salmon, like the fish. Like I was kind of like, <laughs> I, was like what? I was a little like taken back when I saw the name on the menu. But it was like a, a raspberry, a raspberry fruit beer. But I also had the Tides Voyage 57, which I've had before, but this was a Peter was telling me it was a new hop regiment that they did. With uh, Mosaic, El Dorado, and Citra Hops, 7.2%, 19 IBUs. So I was like, all right, I got to have that one. And it was citrusy. It was super well-balanced. But the hops in it, like that new hop regimen, I Mm -hmm. told him, like, whatever they did to change it, like, keep that because it just popped a lot more than their previous Tides Voyage. And then I had one that I got strictly from the name and also the looking at what hops was in it. It was called the Spruce Juice. So I, my new thing with IPAs, other than my love for West Don't Coast Don't say IPAs, that is the, the spruce is your new thing. It is. It's not your new thing. You've always liked this. You've been mentioning it for years. You're like the spruce and the pine. Well, yeah. So a piney IPA. But so like the spruce tip. like The, the spruce tip? Sp- <laughs> spruce tips are in it. Like that's what... That's why it's called spruce juice. So you're saying your new thing is actually having beer with spruce tips, yes. like physical from the tree inside. Is that yes. what you're saying? Okay. They brew with it. Not just the flavor of being a piney IPA. No. Okay. But this was actually a New England double IPA with Citra, Galaxy, Amarillo, um, and the spruce tips. Oh, I did not know that. So what I loved about that one too is Galaxy. Galaxy and Citra are usually like used alternatively like if you don't have galaxy like it used to be galaxy hops it's like either find, or yeah like an alter like a substitute i yeah, should say yeah. uh galaxy used to be so much cheaper to get for hops than citra because citra was all the rage mm-hmm. and now galaxy is just as expensive as citra if not i've seen it in places even more expensive so i'm like damn it like i should have got galaxy while it was cheap god hoarded it god. Like toilet paper God, James, you're so stupid. But yeah, so those were great. New England style IPAs. Mm-hmm. Summertime, had to do it. We were outside. It was it was just a great, great experience. And yeah, if so. any of you guys are traveling from out of Massachusetts and you're heading um, to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and Mash P Mass is Knockabout Brewing, definitely check them out. Great indoor, outdoor experience, usually live bands. It's just a great vibe overall. And their beers are just amazing so and i would say for the summer the cape has actually been kind of a go-to spot for breweries because you've got knockabout you've got devil's furs hog island and now this summer treehouse is opening in sandwich so we're gonna have to check that out and let you guys know dun, 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 i know dun, right <laughs> no no treehouse coming to town coming knock- to the cape if we're not already crazy enough oh boy treehouse is now in sandwich or will be soon so there we go okay so something we want to kind of move into some product reviews because we've gotten some new swag 
for your home brewery? Yes, I wouldn't even say this is a product review because that kind of gives the impression that we're doing it for alternative measures. This was, I- uh, No, you found this this guy on Etsy um, and- I found Andrew on Etsy um, and he has uh, this company, Tap Crafters. And I was looking for custom tap handles and flight paddles for our home brewery, Spice City Home Brewing. And so I scoured, you know, the internet to try and find someone, but I wanted to keep it local. I was trying to find a craftsman, you know, locally sourced that I could, you know, give them my support. Mm -hmm. So I wanted custom tap handles made with locally sourced wood. I wanted to have my brewing name on it. And so I messaged him on Etsy and he was quick to respond. It's amazing, this flight set. It's kind of like in a shape of a triangle. Mm-hmm. Or like, I guess you would say it's a... Uh, a flying V. A flying... It's a, <laughs> Yes, I love that Mighty Ducks reference. Yes. Uh, flying V. And it's um, got the chalkboards on the side. Mm-hmm. It's got our podcast logo on, on it. Like, it's etched in it. So it's amazing. He also has two different kinds of glassware you can add with it or you don't have to do glassware. He sent me over renditions to see like, all right, do you like this for the tap handles? Do you, I could do it in this color. I could do this. Yeah, font. he made recommendations of what he thought would look best, which was good because your original thought was one thing. And then. Yeah. And then when and then he, he sent me the know. rendering on that, the wood I really liked because I wanted like the industrial kind of rustic vibe mm-hmm. for my Spice City brewing. So it. Came out awesome. And so uh, we asked him to kind of share his process with us and how he makes it. Because I was just fascinated. I'm like, you know what? Like, you see these people get these crazy home breweries or even craft breweries themselves. Because this, because uh, Andrew's actually made uh, custom flight paddles and handles mm-hmm. for a lot of our local breweries here in Massachusetts. Which I was, sh- I didn't know until I looked on his Instagram. And so I was like, hey, like, we've been to Bullspit, like, brewing. Like, that's his tap handles. Like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, to, like, could you share his process? How do, how are these made? Like, how do you make these things? Like, because we just see the end result, and we don't necessarily know, like, how they're made or what work goes into it. But so a, a little bit about the process on the tap handles, which is a pivotal role for when you walk into your craft brewery, right, Chan? Like, you notice the vibe. It's going to match whatever their setting is. And it, you might even pick out like a tap handle and remember that tap handle. And you go to a restaurant and they have that same tap handle. For, at least for me, like it's just a very pivotal thing. And like the first face, like you're not getting a can. Well, I think it's beer. also, the, I feel like the tap handles and the flight are kind of unique based on the brewery. Like I remember we... We went to Granite Roots up in New Hampshire. They had, you know, like the muffin tins with the glasses in it. And I was like, oh, that's a different way of doing it. So I feel like each brewery kind of tries to think of something inventive to do for their tap handles and for their flights. Yeah, I think one of my pet peeves, too, with like getting a flight somewhere is like when it's that straight paddle and it's like kind of like flimsy and you're trying to walk to your table, especially if you you're a gentleman or a lady and you're carrying two because (laughs) someone is lazy at the table that doesn't want to get their own shit. You're uh, a gentleman or a lady, and your pinky is up. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're, you know, you're on your high heels trying to dangle two flight things. Like that's challenging. <laughs> that's challenging for anybody. And like when I wear high heels at a brewery, you know, like that's what I do. Okay. No, I don't. I don't do that. But anybody <laughs> that's you know trying to manage flight these flimsy flight panels, you either could spill the beer, which you never want to waste beer, guys. Obviously. Or girls, like whatever. You never want to waste your beer. Mm-hmm. Um. So these flight. Like we said, Flying V, it's got a nice sturdy handle on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like my sister was actually like gave her some of my home brews and 
I was like, here, here's try it in the, you know, the, the flight here. And she literally walked down my patio stairs, like shaking it around and like doing all these. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, this is the best like flight <laughs> set I have ever like held. Like I can almost like twirl it over my head in these. I'm like, don't, don't. do that. Please, Please don't. don't. Please don't. So yeah, like they're amazing. So the process for the ones that I got from him, they're all wood processed in their small wood shop. Uh, the tap handles and the flight paddles were cut in a regular chop saw and a table saw. So labor intensive. The more intricate handles and designs that you'll see on his handle at Tap Crafters, they're intricate handles and designs machined out of their Datron Dynamics CNC machine. And I was like, what the X is a Datron Dynamics CNC machine? But you can look it up. It's a pretty cool piece of equipment. I'm not going to try and describe like anything about it because, you know, no. I don't have one. And again, the design. Uh, so I asked him, like, how do you go about the design of these? Like, do you let people kind of just tell you what they want? He's like, absolutely. And he said he uses Photoshop and Inkscape and he customizes it from that. And he sends renderings back to the client to see like what, what they like, what they prefer. And then uh, they take the files and they load them onto their Mimaki MK2 and print onto the handles. So for those who have that equipment would know what I'm talking about. Everyone else <laughs> like myself are just like, cool, that sounds like a legit piece of equipment. Yeah. Sounds very industrial. Uh, yeah, so I was pretty impressed by like the mm -hmm. quality of them. The I like the chalk tap handles because of their sustainability and reusability. So like all the wood that he uses is just reclaimed wood, which I that's really cool and it's locally sourced. And then I like the chalkboard element to it because as a home brewer, it's a lot more Cost well, you're effective. switching it up all you're the switching time. it up all the time and then you can put your name on there you could put whatever you mm -hmm. know you change your beer out like every day like me like you can switch it up yeah because you just drink a keg of beer a day you got to switch it out so many times keg a day keeps the doctors away it's very true <laughs> mostly because you can't get to the <laughs> mostly because you can't get to the doctors yeah Oh exactly. gosh, yeah. So we encourage everyone to go check out at Tap Crafters on Etsy if yeah. you're looking to personalize your home brewery. Yeah, thanks so much, Andrew. They're yeah. they're they're amazing. They're wicked awesome. Okay. Wicked and he's like, I'm from Massachusetts. You don't have to say wicked awesome. Oh, okay. That's cliche to say now if we're from Massachusetts. You to don't another say. someone someone from Massachusetts. Okay. No. Okay. Well something else that we thought was wicked awesome that we got to try. Wicked. Uh so we tried the new hop water series from Hoplark Hop Tea, who you guys have heard us talk about um, a couple times on the show. So we had the pleasure of trying their Hop Explorer series, which had a couple of different varieties in it. But James, your favorite was the Experimental 008 Hops. Yeah. I mean, this thing was wild. So I love the new venture that they uh, undertook um, as you can see from our podcast instagram at double hop beat podcast we just are in love with their products we are not sponsored by them at all we just love sharing sharing good news and sharing you know great products that we support and we think are flavorful and amazing so i was thrilled to learn with their announcement that they were moving into the hop water space, mm -hmm. which before was previously only a few select companies we've had actually a few on the show mm -hmm. i think What's different about these hop waters is they're, I would say, just in my opinion, they're not as carbonated as the other brands okay. of the hop water, yet they are so much more focused on the hops themselves and the different flavors that you can get out of the hops. Mm -hmm. 
Versus before it was like, all right, I want a super hoppy hop water. Versus now it's like not everybody wants that. And you don't want to have that same like almost piney yeah. taste when you're drinking, you know, sparkling water. Yeah. And when you told me they were moving into the hop water arena, I would say I, I said it was a natural move. I mean, hop tea is, I mean, tea is brewed in water. So it's not that much of a leap to go over to just doing hop water and they've had their the tea is silent series before a couple of times in the past so i just thought it was a very natural move for them to actually put out a hop water yeah i mean like too when you were pregnant i think like one of the great things that we discovered was these athletic non-alcoholic they're or i guess the branding now not necessarily for hop larks products but just the space of non-alcoholic beers and craft beverages now is more of like a athletic drink and like a sustainer so like Mm -hmm. if you go out to a brewery or you're at your friend's house and you have like a beer or two but you still want to be in the scene you still want to feel like you're part of everything but you don't you still want to have the flavor but you don't want to have the alcohol part in it like these like are for you because it's all zeros like I that still Mm -hmm. blows my mind like how do you have something that's so flavorful for example like in the experimental 008 hops um, explorer series of this hop water Um, This particular one had really good flavor of green apple. Which I didn't pick up on until you mentioned it to me. And then I took a sip and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm tasting. And like a fruity aroma. I mean, I love how you gave me the credit for that. But the can (laughs) does say green apple and fruit aroma on it. But I I didn't read. read. I clearly don't read the can either. And that's what I picked up on. And then I read the can. I'm like wow like people are gonna see like my posts i just did and be like wow yeah cool he read the cans (laughs) and i'm like well there's james for you reading the can but no like it was insane like it was and we actually had that on our hike when we were in Mm -hmm. down the cape to this like awesome trail by the went by like the ocean and then like through these Mm -hmm. like marsh area and it was like hydrating like i didn't feel like that like dry mouth after you have some of these products that like have all these flavor like extra flavors mm-hmm. in it and like sugars and stuff and it was so flavorful like i th- like people were looking at me too because it looks, looks like, like a cra- a beer. it looks like a craft beer can and everyone was like giving me looks we're pushing the stroller and then like oh great there's that dude like pushing the stroller having a beer there's that like, cool dad with <laughs> says some five-year-old who would sit like what are you saying Shan? like kids hey say, mister hey hey excuse me mister you're cool you're pushing a baby and you're drinking a crap beer. That's so cool. Babies and beer don't mix, sir. <laughs> He's like a five-year-old policeman. Oh, jeez. Excuse me, sir. I'm the baby police. You don't got no Oliver Twist, craft beer Oliver Twist coming. Please, ma'am, can I have another? <laughs> okay. And you're just dying because every accent that I try and do is just the same. The same. And just terrible. The same. The same, meaning terrible. Yeah. <laughs> So overall, we really enjoyed the Hop Explorer series, and we still have got a couple couple in the fridge that we're parceling out to ourselves. And to others. Yeah, and to others. <laughs> Just because, you know, like, it's one of those things where if I heard, like, these raving reviews, I'd be, like, an anti-person where I'd be like, oh, like, I'm not going to try that. Like, all the hype, like, all the, whatever. But until you, like, try it, like, that's where I'm like, all right, like, mm-hmm. I t- take, a, take a sip of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is really good. Uh, well, and I think just quickly going back to your point about if you want to have a drink that tastes like beer, but you don't necessarily want beer, this is also good. You know, they say that you should be having at least one glass of water for every beer you drink. So, so you I can am. have a beer and then you can have the hop water and it's like you're not missing a beat. You still got the flavor, but you're also staying hydrated. So you don't 
have that horrible hangover the next day. I'm laughing in my head because that's exactly my response to when Shan asked me once, like, all right, like, you can have some water in between these beers. And I'm like, I am, ha ha. And like, I <laughs> held up the hop water. Yeah. And she's like, ha ha, funny. Exactly like that, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deep voice. She just got, she, yeah. yeah. So we also encourage you all to go check out Hop Water by Hoplark and see what you think about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, James, summer is approaching quickly. It is now June, and in a couple of weeks, it's TGIS, going to be... TGIS, okay. Thank God it's summer, yes. Yes. So in a couple of weeks, it's going to officially be summer based off of the solar calendar. Um, so I just thought it'd be nice to kind of he- highlight, like, what is a good type of beer to have for the summer? So... And has this changed from our last time when we talked about summertime beers? Uh, I mean... Is the question. That's a good question I don't have the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay. So for the summertime, you should look at having low ABV because we all want to have, you know, sessionable. We were just talking about if you're at a barbecue or a party, you want to be able to stay in the party and not be, a, you know, five minutes into the party and you're off to bed already. So you want to make sure or prefer it to be low ABV. Crisp, you know, so you're just refreshed. You're not having anything crazy heavy. I mean, obviously, you can have a different type of beer if you don't want to have a good summer beer. But um, so crisp, so it's nice and light. It should be balanced. Shouldn't have any like crazy flavors. So, you know, that hot dog you're eating isn't getting overpowered by the weird combination of, you know, fruit and flowers and whatever's going on in the beer that you're drinking. Uh, And then they're also, you know, you can get something that has some fruit additions because it's always nice to have, you know, this nice... Like I love when it's like mango or pineapple or something that's very fruity that makes me maybe feel like I'm on a tropical island when I'm not actually on a tropical island. So to get all of these kind of different attributes, you should probably look for something that's a pale ale, a blonde, or a wit beer. Yep. I See, like I was going to suggest like you can start with those and then end on like your go-to IPA if you want. Like that's a yeah, higher ABV yeah. and just end it with that. Uh, not I, this is not saying that you have to have these beers. No. You can definitely have IPA, IPAs, but it's also good, you know, if you're going to a party or barbecue, just to think about what you can bring that might appeal to a lot of people, and not be something that you know might be more of a very craft niche IPA that everyone's like, oh, I don't know about that. So, yeah, I mean, instead of bringing those hard seltzers to the party, bring a nice yeah. session beer. Like yeah. session IPAs are out there, pale ales. You can even Go with some of the, as long as it's not like a night a bitter IPA that's gonna wipe your palate. Yeah, you, know, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want to destroy your palate and then be like, I'm gonna have the raspberry razzle dazzle raspberry from this brewing company. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're by us, like you could request like the Spice City Double Hoppy Fenware Brewing's Peach Blonde. Yeah. Over our our blonde ale, which we're almost entirely out of that keg of our peach yeah, it's blonde. almost tapped so we gotta get our on neighbors that. ate that up they said oh, shan you want to because if i say what they said of one of them said that, that it was beer, one of the best beers they've ever had and they said craft beer like one of the best and craft like, brewery oh, ones and i'm just like beer. i like i'm like take a take our daughter like i need to have a moment i'm having a moment she called it craft beer she called it craft beer <laughs> but i'm a home brewer it can't be craft beer it is a craft. It is. Yes. So uh, some of the options, I mean, obviously there's a ton. You can go to your local, you know, liquor store 
or packy and, you know, ask the person to point out the blondes or the pale ales or the whippier, but just to have some in mind. Just to cl- and clarify too, when you ask the person at the desk at the packy, when you want to point out blondes, uh, that you're not, not talking person, about the person, just, just the, the ales, the, ale, the blonde ales. Uh, so Although that would pr- be pretty funny. I'm sure they would probably be like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> So some commercial ones you may have seen out there, you know, Kona Big Wave Golden Ale, which we see a lot on the East Coast, uh, and then also Narragansett Summer Ale, which Gansett, you know, classic. Got to bring the Gansett. Classic. Uh, but if you're looking for a craft beer, Bissell Brothers up in Portland, Maine has one called Baby Genius, which I would honestly pick up just because of the name. <laughs> That's a bonus when that happens. Um, not sure how widely they distribute if you can get that outside of New England, but um, just if you're in the area and looking for a nice craft craft blonde. Yeah, I mean, I think many craft breweries have a blonde. Yeah, yeah. And so like before, like that's kind of like almost like the last beer people tend to try if they're not like, I want this commercial brewery's beer. You all know the ones I'm talking about. What do you have that's similar to that? And then you refer them to your blonde. So for pale ales, also from Maine, check out Interchangeable Number 7 from Blaze Brewing. It is a hazy pale ale, which I feel like is not a normal, you don't usually see hazy pale ales. But it is a hazy pale pale ale with notes of tangerine and mango, which I just sounds like my alley right there. And then lastly for whip beers, you all know Allagash, Allagash White, also from Maine. I guess I'm on a Maine kick right now. I guess that means I should go to Maine. Uh, check out Allagash and also White Rascal from Avery Brewing in Colorado. Yep. So just some options to look at if you're just trying to figure out what to bring to that barbecue once you are uh, everyone's safe to do so. Lastly, today we have our homebrew shop, which take me to the homebrew shop. Yeah, is where we are highlighting different homebrew equipment. The equipment corner. So today we're just going to be highlighting the tri clamp butterfly valve. What is it, James? Tell me all about it. I was going to have you tell me about oh, okay. it. <laughs> then I can do my come on down voice. Okay, well, a tri-clamp connection, James, is used to connect the valve to piping or a vessel, such as a fermenter tank. Yeah, and did That you- is a textbook flashcard definition, if I ever heard one. Absolutely. <laughs> very dry, very literal, and for a reason. Tri-clamps. You saw in our tri-clamp challenge. That was the first time Shen ever had to use a Mm tri-clamp. So being in the biotech world, like we used the tri-clamps all the time. Um, And that's exactly what that, what you read of what, what it is like. And they're so pivotal to your brewery that, you know, you can get ones that even have like the safety, safety clamps where it's they won't pop off under pressure like Mm -hmm. even if you accidentally pop it it has a secondary most of the home brewing ones i'm going to mention and even some of those craft brewers i haven't seen on um but in biotech world there's like safety clamps that these things like are designed so that when you're working under pressure it keeps you safe when you're breaking making or breaking connections Mm -hmm. so exactly what you said it's like connecting either it's typically on your fermenters when you have stainless steel fermenters um, and these are basically just used at all the different ports, your sampling port, uh, your dump valve on the top where your pressure valve and everything is, your blow-off tubes. Every connection that you make is usually with these connections. Mm-hmm. And what's great about the butterfly valve, so this is a tri-clamp butterfly valve, 
meaning that this valve is connected to your system using these triclamps, which is basically a clamp. And so again, they're typically used in the brewing industry. And what this actually is compared to a ball valve is instead of in a ball valve where it looks like a little ball in it and you either turn the valve with with your piping or mm-hmm. against to be open or closed entirely, these butterfly valves allow you, they have a thin disc inside with silicone coating and what it allows you to do is you can crack that valve open so it's not just fully open or closed. So you can dial like, in. Go ahead. It's almost like a little, isn't it like a little door? Almost like on a hinge. And for those who can't <laughs> see what Shan's doing now, she's making the, the uh, princess wave of, is it a door that you can kind of wave like, graciously Like, okay, you know, to? well, for those who work in the service industry, like sometimes the doors they have on like kitchens, like to go in and out of like the service area and they can swing either way. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is that what it is? Now she's going the opposite <laughs> way with her hand to describe it. For those who need a visual uh, representation of what you're talking about, am I correct or is that... For, for for those who want to see like her just doing that hand <laughs> gesture on in like a little meme and being like, butterfly valve, <laughs> comment on this episode <laughs> and I will make it happen. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's... It just allows you to uh, partially open or close the valve so it's not just one way or the other way. Um, and it has no threads like a ball valve, so it's a sanitary, more sanitary, mm-hmm. considered a more sanitary connection, less areas that stuff can get into. Uh, the valve also allows you to control or regulate the flow mm-hmm. of your wort, your beer, your soda, whatever your... Whatever's coming out of that. Whatever's coming clamp. in and out. <laughs> and, and, and it's like most of them are like the grip too, so you would glip. You'd glip. glip it. <laughs> You'd glip it. Uh, you would grip. So most of these have it so you can grip it um, in a way that you'd basically like grip the valve and then you'd move it either perpendicular mm-hmm. or um, parallel to your piping to signify if it was open or closed. But you can okay. also crack it. And if it's cracked, then that's where people, the one downside with the butterfly valve is people complain about leaks occasionally. And that's if they either didn't fully like securely close it or if it's, got a gasket that needs to be replaced but always check your gaskets always check your gaskets yes uh but i've never had an issue with any of my butterfly valves but word to the wise like always go with the better equipment for your valves because uh when you get the cheap ones that you see significantly cheaper in price there's a reason for that most of the time and the quality is not going to be there you're going to get some failures and when you're working with your precious precious beer Liquid gold. Liquid gold. You don't want to run into those issues. Okay. Well, that, folks, is the tri-clamp butterfly valve. So it is a simple little thing you can add, but it has great power and responsibility. And I mean, they range for the U.S. They range anywhere for like the good quality ones, anywhere from $50 to $60 uh, each. So it is a little steep. But But a good investment. If you have the equipment that you're going to be using it with, then... Most well worth it. Well worth it. Okay. Well, that is, that's all folks. Okay. Well, that closes out our show for today. And if we are always looking for home brewers and folks in the industry to share their stories, so if you're interested, please direct message us on Instagram. And as you know, we're an independent podcast. So your support means everything to us. So that means please rate and review us on all of our podcast platforms, as well as make sure you're following our Instagram at double hot beat podcast. 
Yeah, and also make sure you go and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts because that really helps us get new listeners and get our name out there for other folks to hear what we've got to say. So we really appreciate it. We are going to thank you for listening. This, this has been, been Double Hop Beat. Catch, Catch you on, on the Bruce side. side.